0: Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button today to edge God in to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions that often hijack us and prevent us from making God recognizable in this world. Wow. If it weren't for Jesus, where would we be? This is a job for Jesus, my friends, and this is continuing the topic, and this is actually the third part of Don't Waste Your Suffering, and I am joined today by one of the most amazing examples from my timeline of not wasting your suffering. To be honest with you, I don't even feel worthy to even have this conversation. And yet, because of Christ within me, all things are possible. So here we are today. And I'm joined by my dear sweet sister, Johnny Erickson Tata. And she is willing to share her story and how she has absolutely gone through the dark night of the soul and is continues to go through the dark night of the soul, holding on to the hand of Christ. Don't waste your suffering. The learning objective hold on for the ride. Be attentive to what the Holy Spirit has for you today. There is no mistake, my friends, that you are tuning in today. So, what is it for you? Perhaps you're being hijacked by something that's happened outside of you and you're giving it free rents between your two ears. And that's causing a mental suffering. You, you simply feel imprisoned by negativity or a doubt or a lack of self-confidence. Or perhaps it's something physical, as was in the case for me as, as well as Johnny, which is linked, my friends, to the mental capacity as well as the emotional Today, I I started my day reading again, once again, the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword-piercing heart, soul, and marrow. James chapter one, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters in Christ, whenever you face any kinds of trials, any kinds of trials. For if by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, you succeed in these trials, you are left with the ability to endure. And then he goes on to say, hey, if you lack any wisdom, because when it gets dark out there, my friends, wisdom seems to take a backseat from our conscious awareness. And that's a job for Jesus. So ask, seek, knock, so that the door would open. This is a job for Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we dedicate this podcast to you. And we just thank you that you'll show up. I have that confidence. Where two or more are gathered, there you are as well. So may the words of our mouth the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight for the edification and the strengthening of everyone who's listening in today. In name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Johnny, my sweet, sweet friend and sister.
1: Oh, my thank goodness. You. <laughs> Lauren, uh, thanks for having me on. And just listening to your comments, listening to your prayer, I'm ready to be blessed myself. <laughs> I'm ready to be stirred by the Holy Spirit to learn something fresh and new, uh, not from my lips, uh, maybe, but uh, certainly from yours. And just knowing that we've got friends tuning in who are anticipating God speaking to them, that thought alone mm-hmm. is so exciting. Isn't that exciting? It
0: is. It's not, it's not about us. Less of us, more more of him, because he always has an agenda.
1: He does. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be very interested to see what this agenda is, because I will be quite honest, Lauren, uh, uh, some of our uh, followers might know this probably most. I'm a quadriplegic in a wheelchair and my lungs are pretty weak. And uh, if you hear a little bit of scratchy in my voice, if I have to stop and cough, Hopefully, our friends tuning in will be patient. <laughs> we'll absolutely,
0: see. absolutely, Johnny. And and again, this is all a job for Jesus. We're on His time for His purposes. So, um, every breath is in His hands, my friends. Yes. yes. And and every expansion of our lungs is in His hands. So I just I just thank God that you're here with us, still wearing the Earth suit, still doing His mighty work for those in need. And being able to transfer for your experience so for listeners that that aren't aware now now i have to say that that johnny i used to be tuning in um when i was a teenager and i would hear this woman come on the christian radio station and give these like three minute inspirational talks and finally i i did a little research who the heck is this <laughs> johnny erickson tata and I did a little 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 research. We didn't have Google back then just saying, and um learned about your story. So for those listeners that that are are in that space of well, I've heard of the name, uh, have not heard of the story. And again, our focus is don't waste your suffering so johnny there there are some listeners that perhaps don't know of your journey you were you were um. Boots on the ground in the eye of the storm, and you wrote a book called Johnny, an international bestselling book, in 1976. For our friends who aren't familiar with this story, would you please share?
1: Well, uh, I think that many of our friends listening probably know my story. Indeed, I just mentioned that I'm a quadriplegic in a wheelchair. Uh, but my goodness, never when I was in high school, athletic uh, on the go, did I ever think um, I'd be the one to live a life of total paralysis without use of my hands or legs, but that's what doctors told me when, at the age of 17, I went for a swim with my sister on the Chesapeake Bay. It was a beautiful, sunny July afternoon, and I took a dive off this raft, thinking the water was uh, relatively safe, and immediately my head hit a sandbar. After the dive, it snapped my head back. crunched my fourth cervical vertebrae. It severed my spinal cord. And I'm lying face down in the water, holding my breath, um, hoping desperately that my sister would see that I I was in trouble. I was in real trouble. I was about to drown. And I knew that I I only had so much breath. And thank the Lord, uh, she was in the shallow end of the bay. And a crab bit her toe. It startled her. She quickly whirled around in the water to scream to me to watch out for crabs and saw my blonde hair kind of floating on the surface and that uh, alerted her that something was something awful had happened to her sister so Kathy came swimming after me pulled me up out of the water I'm spitting I'm sputtering I'm gasping for breath and I see my arm slung over my sister's shoulder she had hoisted myself up on to her chest against her chest and I I saw my arm slung over her shoulder, and I, and I couldn't feel it. I mean, it was like I was looking at a dismembered part of my body, and it so stunned me. And I realized then something awful had happened. And of course, later, uh, a couple of hours later, when they rushed me to the hospital, and doctors said that I had broken my neck, um, you'll never use your hands, you'll never walk, I'd, it, it didn't compute. It 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 didn't register. Nothing, no no facts that were shared with me about my spinal cord injury sank in for for at least a few weeks. Uh, I didn't understand what was going on, and um, but I kept hearing the words of the doctors resonate in my head, ring in my ears. You're you're never going to walk. Never have use of your hands. And uh, Lauren, I just. Uh, I sank into depression, I was, uh, I was mortified that that could possibly be me. I, I, I couldn't believe it.
0: That statement, um, how could this possibly be me? That's such a profound um, phrase. And I'm sure listeners that perhaps you've experienced that as well. How could this be me in this situation? I never dreamed that something like this could ever happen. One of the questions, Johnny, is this. Did you ever think that God had the wrong person?
1: I sure did. Oh, my goodness. Because as I just mentioned, I was, I was, a, I was a bit of an athlete. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that.
0: I have to say a bit. I've seen, I've seen videos of you horseback riding, doing everything. You were, you were the tomboy.
1: I really, I really was. You and I would have been great friends. Oh, we absolutely. In elementary I grew up in school. horses as well. Yep. Right. I mean, I thought that uh, quadriplegia happened to sedentary types like bookworms. Uh, they'd be more suited to a wheelchair than me. You know, non-active people who were familiar with sitting down all the time. I mean, that, that that's, that would have been a good choice for somebody sure. to live with quadriplegia, but I was the athlete. I was on the go. I was never sitting still. And I I thought lying in that hospital, surely God, you 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 have got the wrong person. And I I think that's why my depression um, gripped my soul. I I it was so bizarre. I mean, sometimes sometimes when you get hit broadside with suffering, it is so bizarre. Like this can't be happening. Am Absolutely. I in some kind of slow motion movie? What is going on? Your yeah. world is turned upside down. You feel like somebody has given you a gut punch. You've knocked, been knocked outside of the ring and, you, and you're falling into the front row. And you, and you, you just can't grasp it. And, and, and yet there were people praying for me. And when you know friends often ask, well, where was the change in your life? Honestly, I think it was people's prayers. I really do, Lauren. Um, it was the prayers of others. When I could not pray for myself, when nothing made sense from scripture, it was the prayers of others that I think God began to use in a way that I could never dream possible. So.
0: Wow. For those of you that aren't familiar with the book, Johnny, um, there, there's, there are two books I highly recommend. Her, her first book, Johnny, J-O-N-I, and that's her story. The other one was recently uh, released uh, called Ken and Johnny, and an untold love story. My husband and I read that one, Johnny, and we were going back and forth. And it was so inspirational because we both said, if they can do that, we can do this, <laughs> so <laughs> it's so inspiring to relationships. And, um, it's really incredible. just the detail that you were able to share as as well as the hope that you provided. What would you say that that suffering has taught you?
1: Oh, my goodness, Not to believe your own press release. Uh, <laughs> it'll teach you not to believe what you think you know is is true about yourself that, you know, we're not all the paragons of virtue. we like to think we are. Um, suffering is like a, a, a textbook. It'll teach you who you really are, not who you think you are, but it'll teach you the real you. We say we believe in God. But if you really want to know what you believe, um, the next time you get hard pressed with affliction, or some painful disappointment or unexpected grief. Well, watch what comes out of your mouth. Mm. Uh, watch what comes out. What is your first response? What is your knee-jerk reaction mm. to, uh, to affliction? Uh, Lauren, I sometimes liken uh, suffering to a lemon that God squeezes. Um, it, and, and when he squeezes it, uh, for instance, uh, um, I was in the hospital recently with a, for an extended period of time, 25 days with a very serious respiratory illness.
0: Wow, Johnny, I didn't even know that.
1: Well, now we all know. (laughs) Uh, It was was something that, uh, in that first few days of the uh, bacterial pneumonia, where it was gurgling up into my throat, and I didn't have the the lung capacity to clear it, um, what came out of my mouth? What was I thinking? And I have to admit, I'm not the paragon of virtue that I would like to think I am. And my first thought was, God, you got the wrong person, got the wrong quadriplegia. This is not how I thought I would die. You know, I thought I might die in my sleep. Um, I've been so good serving you all these years. It was gonna be comfortable, it was gonna be easy. And here I am in a hospital in the middle of the night and I can't breathe and I can't, I can't, I can't get above the gurgling in my lungs. And my first thought was, yeah, you got the wrong quad. This is not the way I I thought I might die. And because I really thought I would die, but sure, um, sure. But I, I it, it, like a lemon, it'll squeeze you. And what comes out fear, panic, yeah. claustrophobia, doubt, worry, anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it,
1: it, it, and I think that ultimately suffering teaches us how utterly weak we are. Amen. And how even when we think we've got all the constructs around our faith and we've shored it up and we've we've buttoned up our confidence in God and we kind of know who we are and how we're going to react. What do you know? God lobs a hand grenade into that preconceived thinking and ultimately uh, suffering will teach you how utterly weak you are and how much you need the Lord Jesus. Mm. And uh, in that hospital after they uh, pumped up my lung and cleared it of, uh, of, of plugs of mucus. I, I breathed a sigh of relief and in tears I said, Jesus, I, I thought I knew you, but I don't. I need to know you better. God, I need to trust you more. And anyway, it's a, that's another whole different story, a different podcast, but to answer your question, suffering is a textbook that'll teach you who you really are and what you really believe my goodness and and uh, he we've got a lot to learn don't we
0: oh every every day johnny and and you know just when i think i've passed an earth school class you know with flying colors like i i did that lord i, I went through double mastectomy two years of chemo 14 surgeries because the third degree burns on my chest They had to grab my back and on my front listeners know this story blah 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 all of that i thought ah I can handle suffering. I can do this. And then, like you said, there'll be a setback. Find more cancer. Have to go back in. There, there are little things like that. And, and in a way, Johnny, it's interesting. And I'm just kind of going off road here as I'm thinking through this. It's It's as if there's an alarm system inside, you know? And the way that God has created us, that he loves us enough. I was thinking about this the other day when I was weeding. I was thinking about pulling out the, the the weeds in my life, right, metaphorically speaking. And and God doesn't waste suffering; He never wastes the suffering. If we're attentive and awake enough to be able to know where to go, because many times we go to ourselves, we're left empty-handed or other people, uh, and it's the alarm system of depletion. We find ourselves. Empty-handed and and there's no other path. the narrow path, the, the 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 way to life and strength and eternal life it is it is the narrow path,
1: yeah it is and uh, and I, yet I am so grateful for that path. Um, I know that uh, well, when I was when I was first injured, I sought solace and self pity, but I learned early on how destructive it is. And you um, talked about an alarm system. Uh, when I was in the hospital very recently and, and struggling that first few, those first few days to get my emotional, spiritual bearings, uh, I knew instinctively, I mean, the knee jerk reaction was, I can't, I cannot pity myself. I cannot. It is so. Destructive. I know it's going to shrink and shrivel my soul. I, I don't want to cave in on myself. I don't want to implode. And uh, and so we we learn from experiences of suffering. We should be able to grow on what we learn. And um, thankfully, there wasn't a hint of self pity when I was in the hospital recently because I've gone down that road too many times in years past, and I learned that lesson. At least that lesson. And God's going to use that lesson on which to build now new lessons. We're going to go deeper, Johnny. We're going to, we're going to spiral upward, and, and we're going to learn more about um, who I am. You're going to learn more about the, the beauties of the gospel, the preciousness of the Savior. And uh, so we should learn from our, our errors. And uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful that, that God is wise enough to know, you know when he's going to take us to that next level. And, and mm-hmm. um, I'm still learning, still growing, and man, I am not wasting. I'm not going to waste my suffering.
0: Um, Amen. Amen, sister. And 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 uh, we are we're going through this earth school experience, and and when we forget that the mission for which our heart beats is yeah. to bring glory to God, yeah. Real uh,
1: quickly, and I'm I'm, I'm now I'm going to go off off tangent here about this whole thing with wasting suffering yeah mm. uh, you know, i'm I'm one of these uh, I, I, I I believe, Lauren, that every every little drastic obedience down here on earth, every small and great trusting in the lord when it is when it is so hard, we have a chance to enlarge our eternal estate mm. uh, because we're we're told in uh, the Bible that our light momentary afflictions are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs the inconvenience of the pain and the bewilderment. So if my trusting in God through the small and great things enlarges my capacity to enjoy Jesus more in heaven, to glorify him uh, more, to add more weight to his glory, then, Mm. then I'm not gonna jeopardize that. I don't wanna diminish that. I don't wanna risk that and the cosmic stakes are just too high. And so I, I want to trust God through the great disappointments and small disappointments, the challenges which are which are hard and, and heavy, and yet those which are which are small and incidental during a death. I don't want to waste any of it. Because I want to enlarge my eternal estate. I am but a blip on the eternal screen down here on earth. And and so what my 75, 80 years are gonna go by so fast. I don't want to get to heaven and hit my forehead and go, oh gee, why didn't I trust God more? Why, why didn't I believe in more? Why didn't mm-hmm. I memorize as well? Why, why didn't I pray? Why didn't I give financially more to kingdom initiatives? I mean, I don't want to get up there and have one little bit of an iota of regret. So we're, we're not gonna waste our suffering. And I, I think you and I are challenging our listeners to, to do the same with their afflictions, right?
0: I'm, ch- I'm I'm challenged this morning, uh, even just hearing that declaration, and and I can tell Johnny that it's coming from the eye of the storm. I can tell that it's that it's that it's fresh for you. Yeah. You just walked through the eye of the storm, boots on the ground, and by the grace of God, you're still wearing the earth suit for His glory, so that, that you can declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His light. And to me, that is that is the most powerful witness uh, and and fresh witness, because it's right off the press, my friend. It's right off the press. And this just happened to you. And so it's the continual uh, lesson in the area of living. I did a podcast, uh, Johnny, called The Thrill of Surrender. And that's coming up for me as I'm, I'm listening to you speak the thrill of living the surrendered life. And I actually heard that for, from someone in passing, and I thought, I want to speak into this because when we're walking with Christ, we can have the thrill. And I think I can imagine that when, when James penned those words, consider yourself fortunate, my brothers and sisters, when all kinds of trials come your way for if by faith you succeed in these trials you're left with something and the quote that you said as well uh that our light and momentary troubles from corinthians will it will achieve for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal that is such powerful it's a powerful pause in life because we can get so easily hijacked for, for for what's happening around us that we forget to be attentive to what is the lesson so that I can surrender even more landscape of me to you. So as you're on this other side, and we're just talking about this debriefing what just happened to you, what would you say the landscape is? that Jesus is after for you?
1: I think just Jesus wants more of my heart. Mm. Um, the main point behind uh, our suffering, the, the whole point that the, the end game of it all is always in ever increasing levels encountering Jesus Christ in a way we never would have were we not pushed into his arms by suffering. Mm. Um, I think that's wow, why that's possible. Apostle Paul meant when he said in in Philippians chapter three, uh, I want to know Christ. I want to know Him, and the power of His resurrection. Um, we forget that the power of His resurrection isn't just, oh man, I got God's power in my life, and that's great. You know, I'm smiling all the time. And no, the power of His resurrection. When you think about the resurrection, Jesus went to the cross to die. For the sins that every day we need to die to.
0: Hmm.
1: That's the whole point about taking up our cross. And so when he was resurrected, it was his victory over sin. It was his uh it was a victory over sin. And so uh, the power of the resurrection is is really power to help us put to death sin, fear, pride, anger, doubt, resentment anxiety, worry, I mean, we could go on and on. That's what the power of the resurrection is. And the more we uh, focus on Jesus and say, Jesus, you're just such a treasure to me. You are, you are my riches. You are everything to me. You are, you are so worthy that, that the more we wanna know him intimately like that, the more we're happy to put to death our sin, which of course is, is all about our sanctification, um, holiness. And so, yeah, I think Jesus wants more in my heart. Mm. Because when I get to heaven, Lauren, people might think, gee, paralyzed for 56 years. That's a quadriplegic. I bet you're going to be excited about your new glorified body. And you're going to pick up a field hockey stick and play field hockey with a couple <laughs> of your friends behind the, the back courts of heaven. No, no, I'm excited about the new heart. I'm so sick and tired of my sin i'm tired of manipulating my husband with that precisely timed phrase i am so tired of fudging the truth i am so tired of uh not believing the best in people hogging the spotlight um keeping account of other people's wrongs i am so tired of my picky own pride mm. i just am weary of it mm. and so yeah jesus through my suffering is asking for more of my heart, mm. and I'm so glad he is. I trust him with the future, um, how he's going to get me through uh, you know, my next affliction, because in so doing, I'll need to give him more of my heart, mm. and that is just a precursor of that wonderful day and glory when, boy, I'll have my heart clean and clear of, uh, of everything that has Held it down here on earth. What a glorious day that's going to be! Oh my mm. goodness! So, give him more in my heart through my affliction. That's 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 my goal.
0: As you're speaking, Johnny, I'm I'm thinking of um, the verses that speak about God disciplines those He loves, and uh, chastises those He wants to share in His glory. Right, His discipline seems unpleasant at the time. But it's achieving for us something greater than ourselves, huh. which is which is uh, why I love your reference to expanding our territory and our our ability to experience God's glory in heaven. That is that is such a powerful uh, link. Um, what do you want to remember, Johnny? And 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 I know I'm going off road, sister. <laughs> I'm just thinking you're just fresh out of this. Experience that you've gone through, what do you want to remember? Because you're still here, and, and you mentioned that I thought I was going to die.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I can't imagine that. Okay. Uh, that part, I've never gone through the feeling of suffocating, right? That, that feeling of wanting to stay above the gurgle. Um, what do you want to remind your mind of what your soul always knows and knew, even in the eye of the storm that you just went th- through, that you want to declare? uh, to, to remind your mind the next time or if, or when, or Mm. however God wants to let things roll out, what would that be? Because you're in a calm right now, right? You're just, you're just taking a breath. You're in a calm. So what would you want to remember?
1: How how sweet Jesus is, Mm. how sweet he is. Um, let me explain it this way. Uh, You've been through cancer, chemo, radiation, as have I, a couple of battles against stage three cancer for me. And I'll never forget uh, Ken was driving me home uh, down the 101 freeway from a chemotherapy appointment. And uh, I was so sick. I had lost all my hair. I was thin. I was tired. I was nauseous. And as we're going down the freeway, we start talking about how suffering is like. A little splashover of hell, a little teaspoon, of, a little teaspoon of hell come early, and it's bitter to taste, awful, it? But it's it's like it's like waking us up out of our spiritual slumbers so that we might gain some kind of an appreciation of the real hell from which Christ has rescued us. That's what our suffering should often remind us of. Like, oh my goodness, wow, God has, God <laughs> has rescued me from a life of that, you know, and He has. And so then we started wondering as we pulled up into the driveway then, then what are splashovers of heaven? Are they, are they those beautiful, easy, breezy, bright days when all the bills are paid and the sun is shining, the birds are singing, we walk out the front door and oh, life is good, life is so good. I mean, are, are those splashovers of heaven? And you know, as the engine cooled and as we just sat there for a long moment in the driveway, we decided no. No, those aren't splashovers of heaven. A splashover of heaven is finding Jesus in your splashover of hell. Oh, and, and that's what I mean about him being that sweet. Mm. There's nothing more heavenly than finding Christ in the middle of your most hellish experiences. I mean, I, I deal with chronic pain and there are plenty of times at night where I can't, I can't get to sleep and it hurts so badly. And no pain medication is touching it. I I cannot wake my husband up one more time to turn me, reposition me in bed. Again, I'm a quadriplegic. I can't reposition myself in bed. And so I have to take a deep breath and talk to my pain. Not not let the anxiety overwhelm me. And I have to imagine myself as though in my pain, I am entering Nebuchadnezzar's furnace. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is hot. Oh, this pain is bad. But Second Corinthians chapter four verse eight promises me that though we are pressed in on all sides, we are not crushed. Pain, mm-hmm. you are not going to crush me. As I enter this fiery furnace, I'm going to see Jesus walking in the flames with me, and sure enough, he does, Lauren. It's like him showing up in my hell. He's there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it is so darn sweet. Mm-hmm. It is so precious, and so that that's that's what i expect in myself i want more of jesus i want to know him that way and uh am, am i welcoming more trials my way no no i'm not i'm not going to ask for more trials i'll i'll leave that entirely with the sovereign god who knows exactly how much uh he can measure out in my life and you know i don't i don't look to get another bout of cancer or anything like that i, you and I me just both, sister right just in whatever small trial I have, um, I don't know whatever it could be during the day, small disappointments. I want to find more Jesus,
0: mm.
1: and then, then so- I know I'm not wasting my suffering. <laughs> oh,
0: that's so so well said, sister. I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself, and relate very profoundly to the words that you're saying. That with every storm, Jesus comes too. And there's no doubt about that. What would you say, Johnny? because um, God's all about sending the rainbow, right? Sometimes in the midst of the storm, sometimes in you know, in the eye of the storm. Um, our house just got hit by a tornado on Friday. And we've never had a tornado Ooh. in our in our area. Oh, and my goodness. and the power of God to knock down 80 foot pines. Just not that he caused it to happen, because many people, and, and, and I want to bring this up, Johnny, as well. I'm kind of going in two different directions here. Um, people respond very differently to suffering when they see you suffering. And, and a lot of it is triggering something within themselves sometimes. Um, and, and I had some people when I was going through advanced cancer and divorce at the same time um, say, why is God making this happen to you? Have you ever had anybody say that to you? Why? Why would this happen
1: to you? Oh yeah, when I went through my second bout of cancer. Oh no, excuse me. When I was in the hospital with the pulmonary hypertension, I got so many emails from people saying, "Hasn't God given you enough? Like, why do you think you're doing this in your life? Yeah, what is this?" And I don't know. Asking the "why me" question uh, is—it just. It's a circle. You you go nowhere with that uh, question. Mm -hmm. Why? Why, God? I don't think we want answers anyway. I mean, even if God did give us answers, they would be, it'd be like pouring million gallon truths into our one pea brains. We just couldn't, we couldn't take it all in. We, uh, because we don't have all the facts on this side of eternity. We don't, we don't know God's purpose design and how he is moving us in, in, uh, in a, in a, in a knitted way with other believers, other family members. I mean, the why question is so, um, yeah, it's going to get you nowhere. I -hmm. think when we ask why, we are more like, uh, okay, here's a good example. A little boy jumps on his bike, races down the hill on his bike. At the bottom of the hill, he turns the corner, but his front tire gets gravel. His bike crashes to the asphalt. He skins his knee, blood is everywhere. He sees his daddy running up from from top of the hill. He sees his daddy running up and, daddy, why, why? And and that child really doesn't want that question answered. I mean, how cruel it would be for his daddy to stand over him, arms folded, and say, well now, sweetheart, uh, next time, watch, watch, watch your speed going down the hill, um, watch the trajectory of your turn. Be observant of gravel on the asphalt. I mean, those would be great answers to the question why. But that's not what that little boy wants. He wants daddy to pick him up and and, and pat him on the back and say, there, there, sweetheart, daddy's here. It's okay. It's Everything's going to be okay. Sweetheart, daddy's here. And I think when we ask the question why, that's really what we want. We want God to be daddy. Abba, father, daddy. We want Amen. him to be the one who picks us up, presses us against his chest and say, there, there, sweetheart. It's okay. Daddy's here. And that's exactly who the God of the Bible is. Amen. Throughout the Bible, God is giving himself as daddy. You know, in Exodus 15, he gives himself as the healer. In uh, Isaiah 54, he gives himself as the husband to the widow. Uh, in, I, I don't know. In a, in, in, in the gospel of John, he gives himself as a living water to those who are you know, thirsty for more than this world can possibly give. I mean, constantly he is giving himself, the father to the orphaned in Psalm 10, always giving himself um, to his people. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we're really looking for answers uh, to that question. Why? We just, we want the answer. We want God to show up in the middle of our suffering and be sufficient. He's aren't our solution you glad he is. Oh, You're Johnny he is.
0: praise be to God. praise be to God. He is our solution. He is our all in all. There is nothing we lack when we yep. stay by his side. Yep. And it's interesting that you share that that story, which I think is so apropos of of a little boy, you know, just taken off and uh, the thoughts of, you know, prevention, maybe a slowdown or whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's the prodigal son. God meets us and picks us up, scoops us up. And um, uh, I'm thinking of the question why, and also the questions that I got quite a bit. um, What? What caused God to make this happen to you? Um, And I remember one time, Johnny, and I'll tell you real quick, I I was so convicted by that. And I was bald and breastless at the time that I went to the church because it was because I worked with the youth ministry for about 30 years. So I was getting a lot of a lot of that. And I asked uh, the pastor if I could speak to the congregation after the service. And I took my wig off in front of everyone. And I said, I just want to make something very clear here. God did not cause this cancer to happen to me. We live in a toxic world. There are things around us, choices we make, things that happen. What he does is he brings about a greater good than had this not even happened. And that's the love, like in that story that you mentioned, he he brings out a, a greater good than had the suffering. He doesn't waste the suffering, Johnny. He doesn't waste our suffering. If we're willing to toss it into his lap,
1: yeah. I mean, when you talked about you know taking off your wig and God did not cause this cancer, um, friend shared ten little words that changed my life when I was in the hospital. Um, he told me God permits what He hates to accomplish what He loves, uh, and uh,
0: that's it, sister. That's the one-liner. It <laughs> it is absolutely, the one-liner, really, that's a T-shirt. Words.
1: Yeah, well, it it is, and and uh, when you think about it, okay, real quick, real quick. Um, no worries, no worries. We have time. God permits what He hates to accomplish what He loves. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, uh, give me an example. Well, look at Christ, look at Jesus. God permitted what He hated. Okay, mm-hmm. um, uh, Pilate hands down mock justice in order to gain political popularity. Uh, uh, Judas betrays. Christ, um, you know, for a mere 30 pieces of silver. Uh, Roman soldiers who were probably drunk torture him beyond human recognition, according to Isaiah uh, uh, 52, the last few verses. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even look like he was a human being. Uh, he was so massacred uh, and, and, and flogged and beaten. Uh, okay, so um, the, the angry mob screaming in the streets, crucify him, crucify him. So how can any of that, how can any of that be God's will? I mean, Murder, injustice, torture, and treason. Yet it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 28 that these men, you know, Pilate, Judas, the rest, Mm -hmm. Roman soldiers, they did what God's power and will had decided beforehand should happen. And so God permits what he hates, Mm -hmm. the crucifixion of his own son, took no delight in it. He permits what he hates to accomplish something that he loves. And what could he what could possibly what in the world would be on God's radar that he would prize above that would be worth his own son being so treated? Well, how about salvation for a world of sinners? Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And the same is true in my life. God hates cancer. He hates spinal cord injury. He takes no delight in pneumonia of a quadriplegic. So but he permits what he hates uh, to accomplish something that he loves. And what could he possibly love above terrible hospital experience I just had? Well, that I could get to know my Savior better. Mm. And it takes faith. I know your listeners are thinking, "Oh, come on, Johnny, I, I, I can't believe it's that simple." Well, it takes faith to uh, trust that God is really worth it. Jesus mm. is really worth it. But I will tell you, um, and I've shared this. So often, Jesus is ecstasy beyond compare. Mm -hmm. And it is worth absolutely anything, anything, to be his friend and to get to know him on a best friend level, which always leads us down the dark, painful, difficult road to Calvary. Mm -hmm. I mean, God shares his joy. The Father shares his joy on his own terms. And those terms call for us to, in some measure, suffer as his own son suffered. Mm-hmm. I mean, why should be, we be above our master? So, yeah, um, what is it? Second uh, Peter chapter two, verse 21. Um, Christ has left us an example uh, that we should follow in his steps in our suffering. And those steps uh, will lead us to Calvary, where we die to our own preconceived notions about who we think God is. And then we'll really get to know him. So suffering is uh, it's a hard schoolmaster. But boy, you can learn some great things about yourself and about your Savior.
0: Mm. So well said, Johnny. And and that that is going to bring us to to the end of our conversation here. Would love to have you on again because my mind is just thinking about so many different sound bites that you said that are just profound. So listeners, I invite you to re-listen to this. If you don't have a pen and paper. At this time because you're driving you're in the midst of of the to-do list in transition either way carve out some time to re-listen have a pen and paper and be attentive what is for you one to three things there's no mistake that you're tuning in today so simply stay awake at the gate and invite the Holy Spirit to bump you And to use what's been declared today to strengthen you in your journey so that you can run and not grow weary, so that you can walk and not faint, so that you can be able to see the face of Christ in all of the disguises of suffering, as Mother Teresa mentioned, all the disguises of Christ. That's how I serve the people on the streets of Calcutta and knowing i think johnny one of the things that i'm thinking about that is a huge takeaway one that god doesn't waste suffering two that when we share in his sufferings that we can ask for the grace to have the faith that he's going to accomplish as that statement said something that will mi- be mind blowing i mean look at look at i just i just want listeners to know what he's done with your suffering in terms of um your mission statement at Johnny and friends is to glorify God as we communicate the gospel and mobilize the global church to evangelize discipline and serve people living with disability. Your vision is a world where every person with a disability finds hope, dignity, and their place in the body of Christ. How has well, God not wasted. Oh, suffering my friend.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, I, uh, I've been so blessed, Lauren. I cannot tell you how blessed I am. I'm happy. I've got joy, even in the hardship. I've got a great husband. I've got a great husband i've got a a, a nice home. I've got work to accomplish i mean I, I, I i'm I'm well off enough that I can take vacations i mean I'm so blessed materially and and i I want to pass on the blessing to others. never when God blesses us should we Hoard it to ourselves or put it Amen. in a bank account and and uh, purchase new stocks with it no way we we better not retire to florida and play pickleball the rest of our lives <laughs> we're supposed to pass on the blessing yep. in whatever way we can and so my way of passing on the blessing is uh is the mission you just shared uh, mm-hmm. from luke chapter 14 go out find the disabled bring them in and um Right there, Jesus is saying of all the people you might overlook, when you give the kingdom message, don't overlook the disabled, the disabled, the lame and the blind, uh, reach out to them. And so these are the people that uh, I believe God wants me to reach, uh, wow. people with disabilities like myself. So much hopelessness in the world of disability. It's so much, uh, so many needs around the world. Hmm. And so I, I squeeze every ounce of effort out of my quadriplegic body that I possibly can, every ounce of ministry so that other people like me um, will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do at Johnny and Friends, uh, delivering wheelchairs, Bibles, holding retreats for special needs families here in the States, around the world. I mean, it's, it's all about not wasting my suffering, <laughs> but making certain that I put everything I've learned to good use in promoting his gospel to others who need that same hope that same mm-hmm. confidence in his Word. so that's what i love doing where, and can st-
0: pe- where can people find out more information about this johnny because i i've i've been blessed with the opportunity to actually see your headquarters and and be involved with with your um with your people there it is mind-blowing the work you're doing particularly um it's it's so inclusive to, to provide retreats for families who are caregivers as well. Uh, right. you, you just, the Holy spirit did not leave any stone unturned at Johnny <laughs> and friends. Well, um, I,
1: I invite some of our listeners to serve as volunteers mm-hmm. in any one of our 46 family retreats. Uh, they're going on right now this summer. Um, and we'll have lots more retreats next summer. So, uh, visit our website at johnnyandfriends.org. That's J-O-N-I-A-N-D-F-R-I-N-D-S johnnyandfriends.org. Uh peruse our many pages, find out what God's doing through our ministry, and uh, look for a way to sign up and serve. Mm, thank
0: you, Johnny. Thank you so much. And you can find this podcast listener. Like, like I said, listeners, you can you can find this podcast and re-listen to it at edgegodin.com. It'll be posted with us some of the scriptures that we referenced today as well as, um, this interview and, um, the podcast, obviously, if you're listening through, through all the different modalities of, of grabbing it, you can actually go to the site and, and see it as well. Um, emotional in Christ.com is behind edge God in, and, uh, it's all about giving Jesus permission to have his way with us in spite of ourselves and to outshine the darkness. Johnny, would you mind closing us in prayer today?
1: oh father god uh, holy spirit precious lord jesus Mm. you the great triune god um, loving us uh hearing the heartbeat of all the listeners right now as they contemplate and reflect on what was um, shared here in these few minutes lord jesus would you uh, take us help us to take the next step help us to um find ways yes how can i serve you how can i Trust you more, Jesus. Help me build my life up now in your word, so that I can be prepared to face the next trial and count it all joy as you tell me to do in James chapter one. Oh, there's so much I need to learn about you, Jesus. Would you help me uh, be prepared and and be excited about your next steps in my life? We thank you, we praise you, we bless you for your perfect will, which you tell us in Romans twelve is always good, always acceptable and always perfect in your matchless name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. My, my dear sister in Christ can't tell you how grateful we are to have you. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with our audience today.
1: Oh, Lauren, my delight. And, uh, I, I hope we hear from some of your listeners.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll give them heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side going on. My friends outshine the darkness. Look forward to talking to you on our next podcast.